What's up, guys? You're here with me, Nick. And for once, I've got a Ronnie in a good mood. We just booked some tickets to the Springbok Games. One of the very, very rare times you'll see this man happy. Very excited. It's what I live for, in all honesty. Yeah, so quite exciting from our end. We've booked tickets for all the Bok Games. So we'll be heading down to Cape Town, to Bloom. Durban's not on sale yet, but Nelspray, Joburg, Pretoria. We're going to be at all of them. Hopefully, we'll be catching some of you guys there as well. Yeah, huh? I'm very excited. I don't know what else to say. I'm just excited. Ronnie's run out of adjectives and it's only the start of the podcast. So we're in for a bit of a bumpy ride. Uh, Ronnie, curry cup this weekend? Yeah, like a curry cup. It's just nice to watch another South African derby, I guess. Yeah, I'm struggling to say that and actually mean it. But in all honesty, curry cup, can't complain. There's rugby. Yeah, Sharks winning the first game on Friday night, 24-10 against the Pumas. But, you know... Proving yet again that the Sharks don't have much on attack. No tries from them in that game. But a Chamberlain slots, slotting 8 from 8. Was that a stutter? What yeah, did you sorry, do? Sorry, starting st- st- Saturday a little bit early there. Yeah, but a Chamberlain. Outstanding, in all honesty. I mean, yeah, he really had his kicking boot on. Kicking boot is right, yes. yes. <laughs> a lesser man would have said boots, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what can you say about that? The Sharks, they really, really need some some impetus on attack. But a Chamberlain putting his hands up, do you think he's going to be recalled to the URC team? Oh, absolutely. They they need to just chop and change and, and cycle through the flowers and the various players they have. And if there's a player in form, then you use them. And if they're not in form, you drop them down to, I don't know, would you consider the Curry Cup uh, a lesser tournament to the URC? I definitely would. Well, in that case, then you would, you know, you'd promote them up to the URC and then drop them down to the Curry Cup if they're out of form. But it's really nice. Uh, the Flowers aren't doing too shabby at the Sharks in all honesty, so you can cycle them and it's really cool to see. Yeah, well, hopefully one of them makes the step up and starts setting that backline of ours on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you know, you don't go to Nelspreit and expect to thump the Pumas. Those are some tough boys there in the low felt. Yeah, it's a good thing you're not from the low felt or that sentence would be <laughs> moot. Griquas Bulls, 27 for the Griquas, 53 for the Bulls. So I honestly thought the Griquas would do a little bit better than what they did. You kept calling them the Giant Slayers. Well, they are the Giant Slayers. Tell that to the Blue Bulls. Yeah, well, the Blue Bulls just really put their foot down. Uh, granted, they still left let 27 uh, points scrape through. Um, yeah, so there's enough. still room for improvement. But look, 53 points, that's that's a lot of points. It's a convincing win for the bull, for the Bulls away from home. Uh, against a very, you know, a strong Griquas team for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bulls did put a lot of their Springbok players back into that fixture, obviously wanting to target it to get some log points. The Bulls ultimately scoring seven tries, one for each Springbok that was playing for them. They had seven box in that team, eh? Yes, With you, actually, you actually can math if you try. On occasion. It's just because I was practicing when we were doing the ticketing earlier. <laughs> And then I thought, you know, a strong showing from Kirtley Aronson. He had a hand in a number of those tries, so well done. He he definitely put his hand up for me. And then down to, oh, Bloemfontein. Yeah, I said it last week, the Possibles versus the Probables Cats team. Yeah, you know, the cat and, and, and I think the Probables really did beat the Possibles. And you know, 66-14, that's a thumping. That is a thumping. I just want to clarify something for everyone here. The lights may have gone out in Bloemfontein. But for once, it wasn't ESCOM's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so that, interestingly enough, that game almost didn't continue. Hey, It was 17-0 when the lights went out. And the lights came back on with one minute left before the game would have had to be called. 
So that was very, very lucky. So touch and go. Somebody pulled out the generator there qu- really quick from you know, yeah. sorting things out. Toyota contributing there, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I love the Cheetahs team. Great to see them doing that. I've already predicted them as Curry Cup winners. We'll have to wait another week or so before they'll take on the Sharks. Both sides are undefeated at the moment in the Curry Cup. So it'll be good to see that. But I think, and I'm going to do it again and hate on the Lions here, but the split squad of the Lions is failing them dismally. It's just not working. It's not. It's simply not working. The players are not performing. They could have used some of their URC guys to bolster up their squad this week, but they didn't do it. And in all honesty, the Cheetahs look like a URC side. The Lions, mm. they're flailing hard. And... You know, they have some huge front rowers there, and they were pathetic. It was a pathetic performance up front from them, and their fitness needs to be called into question. You know, Lions supporters over the years have always been very patriotic towards their team and and big supporters of their team in good times and bad, because they've generally had good times over the last couple of years. But I I spoke to Martin, one of my colleagues, who is a very staunch uh, Lions fan, and he was incredibly despondent, really. So uh, he's really down. He doesn't see a bright future for the Lions. You know, they've got the split squad. They've got, you know, a couple of stars here and there. But, you know, some players are just not putting their hands up for that for that team. So, you know, I hope something changes at the Lions. Maybe Rudolph Strauli can disappear or go somewhere and... Uh, you know, I don't but know. But you know, the Lions are in the richest city in Africa. And they seem to have no money to lure players back. I mean, we saw now Rohan Janssen van Rensburg set to join the Sharks. He was a Lions He was a Lions, yeah. You know, they can't even lure those players back. It's a real, real concern for the Joe Big side. And in all honesty, if they don't get their act together, the Cheetahs should be given a look in at promotion to the URC. Yeah, or just bring back the Cats. That's true. Also an option, hey? Yeah, no, it will be very disappointing because, you know, I, I really enjoyed the Lions. The Lions have done really well in super years and in, in years gone by, super rugby in years gone by. Uh, but it's just very disappointing to see that they really aren't performing this season at all. Nope, they're really struggling down there. I mean, and then a look at the log from the Curry Cup. Cheetahs and Sharks tied at the top. Like I said, they've two fixtures from now they will face off. One of them will likely forfeit that, that position by then. So it's interesting to see. And there are, is some good rugby on display here. By, you know, don't take that for granted. And the Cheetahs really are putting in solid performances. They look fit. Franz Stein and Ron Pinar really look like yeah, they've they got a, in 2009. They've got know, a point to prove jamming. those Cheetahs. You know, they've got a point to prove. They've got everything to play for to say, well, you know, look, we deserve to be one of our, you know, sort of the domestic teams, one of the four main franchises. And we keep getting overlooked. So, somebody at Saru needs to take a good hard look at, uh, you know, what's happening there at the Cheetahs. 100% agree. And then, you know, our Super Brew log, Ronnie, you're not doing so well there, are you? I'm doing fantastically well. I'm beating <laughs> you. Uh, that is definitely not true. But Pan Patafian still leading on Super Brew on 23.5 points. Uh, that's Thomas Jarovic. Jarovic. Um, he's narrowly ahead of Jakub van Tonde in second place. So well done, guys. Keep it up. I'm coming for you. I'm in the top 20 there. So <laughs> let's let's not play too hard. I want to come and steal that victory still. Yeah, shame. You, you can't play too hard because Nick needs to win something. 
Yeah, Ronnie, you're way out of it. What are you down on like six? Let's not 17. talk about the Curry Cup now. I just had a quick <laughs> squiz and maybe I am losing to you on the Curry Cup. But uh, in some of the other tournaments, I'm actually absolutely destroying you. Yeah, it's it's nice to bring up old things. Okay, like well, that. before we move on, let's just have a quick uh, chat about some of the signings that's, that are coming the Sharks way. Yeah, well, we just said Rohan Janssen van Rensburg likely heading to the Sharks. Who else do you have for us there, Ronnie? Old Vinci Chuchuka. Yeah, you see, there's that's another point. He's a current Lions player. Yeah, no. He's also now disappearing from there. They did manage to steal Marius Lowe, though. So he's heading up to, to join the Lions. Why he would be doing that, I have no idea. Well, Rowan's coming in, so there we go. Nice yeah. like-for-like replacement. Andre Esterhazen would have been my first prize, but Rowan a very close second. Yeah, Rowan's for sure. I think, you know, he was there in the Heineken May years and, you know, we kind of lost sight of him. He would have been an incredible Springbok, in my opinion, had he, had we just kept our finger on the pulse with that one. That's true. Very, very true. And then, you know, the big talking point in rugby this week, eh? I feel like this is going to dominate the podcast. Yeah, it's got to. You know, we, we have to back up Boyki Rassi. Uh, so, yeah, Rassi okay. had that interview with the Daily Mail, quite an in-depth interview around the Lions series, the disciplinary, and everything that happened there. So, I think a good place to start is actually just what transpired in that Lions series. You know, the first fixture went on, Nick Berry was the match official. Wait, are we going to listen to you drone on and explain what actually happened in the Lions series? No, see, I'm not going on what you call a rant. Okay, I'll I'm just drink some water. Because I need to relax while I listen to you. Just just let me quickly explain so that everyone's on the same page here. Because I know your memory, Ronnie, it's not so great, eh? What? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Nick Berry making a number of questionable calls in that fixture. Rassi Erasmus compiling a video. Video being released to the public. Massive outcry afterwards. Second test, what, 100-minute game. And the refs were super cautious after that. So yeah, that that's what led to the the disciplinary hearing ultimately for bringing the game into disrepute. You know, Ronnie, what did you think of that whole situation? Obviously, at the time things were very heated, and I was pro Springboks, and you know we had to do whatever we needed to do to win. Um, so you know, I was all for Rassi and what he what he did during the British and Irish Lions uh, uh, tour, and. Um, well, obviously, I support him still to today, but it's just nice to see in the interview with the Daily Mail, he gave us some context behind exactly what happened and, and who released what and, and, and whatnot. So, look, I'm a little bit biased towards towards Rassi. I think he's a hero of mine, uh, and I would absolutely buy him 10 beers if you asked me for 10 beers. Hands down. And then we could sing some Ban Ban Baby with him. We've been practicing the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> look, we'll start off with Nick Berry, right? Nick Berry made some questionable calls for sure. And I said this in the podcast last week. It really bothers me that, you know, week in, week out in games, things happen where we all question the ref. And I just, it really bothers me that it's come to this where we are questioning the ref. But the refs need to be held to account because some of them really are dismal. For anyone that's wondering, that was a rant. (laughs) What's wrong with saying rant? Don't worry, Ronnie. Do you walk on the grass or the grass? Yeah, completely different, but that's okay. We won't get into phonetics now. Quick question though, Ronnie. Was Nick Berry's calls blatantly biased or just, you know, an error-prone ref? I don't know if it's an error-prone ref or whether he was being deliberately biased, but I think he was being subconsciously biased. Uh, He didn't quite realize what he was doing. 
Um, he should have been a little bit more conscious of the way he was interacting with Sia uh, and some of the calls he was making and how it would be, you know, deemed unfair from one one position. And look, <laughs> we've had some real humdingers of, of, of players over the years. You know, we've had Bucky's, but... Uh, who headbutts and, you know, we've had Skulkberger, you know, eye gouging and all of these things. So we have this reputation of being a very dirty team. And I think that's every ref in the world considers us a dirty team. And it's just the reality of it. And we're trying incredibly hard to to change that perception. I think I think that's also what Rossi tried to do and say, look, we're not actually playing dirty. We're playing uh, within the, the laws of the game. You know, we're playing in that gray area, that area that isn't defined. And that's what gamesmanship is. So please stop penalizing us unnecessarily harsh. Or giving extremely short advantages. But then, yeah, so obviously the video made it into the public space. World Rugby charged. Rassi Erasmus, that hearing took place, what, four or five months afterwards? Shortly before their tour, or actually during their tour of the North. Um, Nick Berry coming out, he had quite a profound statement on how it had affected his family and, you know, his his reputation in the game, saying he's worked his whole life to get to where he is and it's had an irreparable harm to his reputation. What did you make of that? Well, the reality of it is if you are on the world stage like that, uh, you absolutely need to take the, the blows that come with it as well. If you're not performing week in, week out and people start criticizing you in, you know, the court of the media you have to be able to take that it's just not all always going to go your way and sometimes it's going to go against you and you have to accept the fact that there are millions of people around the world that are watching you on, te- on television you need to make the right call uh, or at least close to the right call and, and accept it if people criticize you for making a poor call you know i'd actually like to draw an analogy with Vili larue in 2019's world cup how much flack did he cop for a couple of poor performances <laughs> in the box jersey? Yeah. And he didn't come out crying. He was reviewed. People made videos about him. There were memes and there were jokes and everything. But it's part and parcel of the game. You know, you're in a public space. You, you're a professional. You're performing. You're being paid to do it. So perform or face the backlash. You know, it would be a different if you're at a schoolboy's game uh, and you're, you know, really bringing down the, the, the schoolboy referee and saying what a you know shit referee you are. Because you, you, you want to encourage a guy and build up that guy's confidence. But it, it changes once you become a professional. You get paid to do a job on a field. Do it properly. Exactly. No, And again, it speaks to that accountability we've touched on a number of times. And then, you know, so that's basically the background of what happened. There's been a ban that Rossi served. He was away from SA Rugby until the end of January. Let's just be realistic. That ban was a little bit dodgy. I mean, they gave him a holiday over, over the festive period. But he's still not allowed to be match side for any Springbok fixtures up until the end of September this year. So, you know, it does have far-reaching implications for Rossi, although he isn't the head coach. So this was his first actual media appearance and briefing on what happened. And I I found it quite an interesting read in the Daily Mail to see, you know, what all unfolded. And Rossi is adamant he did not leak that video, going as far as swearing on his youngest child's life that he did not leak that video. Look, it's very dodgy. I mean, when he lists the people that he he leaked it or that he sent it to, right? So there were... the two at World Rugby, there was Nick Berry himself um, and, you know, various members of his own squad. First, I just want to say, you don't leak it to players. Of course, players are going to share it amongst each other. But 
you know, he said something about the first eight of uh, eight views. of the first thirty-five views were all in Australia, but he hadn't sent to to a single Australian other than Nick Berry. In all honesty, my opinion is that Nick Berry sent it on, maybe not with the intention of leaking it, but he definitely sent it on, maybe to colleagues in Australia or something like that. Uh, who else would get it there? We don't really like the Aussies much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're also green and gold and like uh, like a good bry and have good weather and dangerous animals. I mean, we, we don't like them because they're much like us. So, I mean, everyone's able to draw their own conclusions as to who who leaked the video. But interestingly enough, Rassi did own the fact that he didn't password protect it or list yeah. it as confidential. Ultimately, that's why he dropped his appeal against World Rugby acknowledging he was guilty in that sense but he's adamant that he was not the person who distributed the video itself so you know that's something unless 20 years from now nick berry writes a book and admits it (laughs) uh, we'll probably never really know who did in fact leak that video it even could have been one of the players you have absolutely no idea where that came from yeah yeah look bottom line is rassi is a real hero in this country um, I all my mates bar one, uh, Ian. If you are listening, Ian, just before you, let me clarify, Ian went to Rhodes. He is a rodent. Yeah, uh, Rhodes University. So Ian uh, actually thought that what Rassi did was wrong, uh, and doesn't back him, and is a bit of a traitor in that sense. Uh, but the rest of my friends and the people I speak to in the public and at work, they all agree. You know what? We support Rassi. He won us a World Cup. What a legend. Yeah, I think in in South Africa, Rassi is a cult hero. I mean, nothing could have capped it off more than Chasing the Sun's documentary. You saw him for who he was there. And I think Rassi, the reason he's so loved here is because he embodies the typical South African. You see it in his social media posts. Exactly. He loves a brandy and coke. He loves taking the piss. Not too serious. You know, he's, he's a lack of friendly guy. And easily then South Africa follows someone like that. He's not pretentious. Lays it out on the line. He's relatable. Obviously, we're going to follow him. I think the rest of the world, though, seeing him sort of as a, an internet troll for world rugby at the moment. I mean, if I look at our social media, the post that we cover, Rassi, there's a lot of foreigners on there, foreigners now English, Welsh sort of region, coming out and calling Rassi the biggest troll. <laughs> look, he likes a good joke, and he says that. He, he really he likes a good joke, and he gets along with Joe Marler, apparently. Um, which I didn't know, but uh, I suppose if you know who you know anything about Joe Moller, he's also a bit of a jokester and uh, likes having a bit of fun. And, and that's who Rassi is, I suppose. And it's fantastic to see. Look, you know, I'll always support Rassi unless something blatantly comes out where he's done wrong, uh, which I don't think he has. Then, you know, I'll, I'll continue to support him. There's actually just an extract from the Daily Mail um, interview that I would like to read because I feel like this it reiterates what I just said about him being so relatable to South Africans, and it's as follows. Listen, I've never been a suit and tie guy who claims to be a saint. I've never said I will be a life coach. I've never had slogans like better people make better rugby players. I've never said I'm the world's greatest father. Yeah, I've always been a bit naughty and enjoyed a giggle, but I've always been an honest guy. And that in South Africa is just being lacquer. <laughs> That is being like a... And then I think a good laugh at his comments, Pollard versus Finn Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely all for Pollard. He wants to win. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Although if you see how Finn Russell was walking on the, you know, in, in, in the last Six Nations match that he played after seven minutes. 
Yeah, he's yeah. been called a you little know, bit I lazy. Think I, I, yeah, he's called a little bit lazy, and I haven't seen Pollard walk. Yeah, you know, Pollard doesn't doesn't do much of that. He is a World Cup winner. There are not many of those over in the North, eh? <laughs> Other than the ones they've poached from here. Well, speaking <laughs> of the North, then, Rossi made some comments which I do disagree with. Oh, right. What comments are these? So he says that he would like to see um, the Springboks join Six Nations. And you know me, I've been very vocal about this in previous podcasts. I, Rassi, Rassi, you're he's on. up on the brown. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> if you want some proper research to show why we shouldn't go there, please can we sit down? I'll come to that same wine farm. We can have a lacquer dorp and we can talk about it because... No one wants to see us beating England that regularly. It's good enough in a World Cup every four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, please. Look, he wants us to join there. He was talking all about tradition and, you know, tradition only breaks down when, you know, when it fails. Is that what he said? Something along those lines. But he's offered if it's a good product and you can introduce the Springboks and it's a good product, then, you know, well done. I think that's wrong because I would like to continue playing the All Blacks Two, three times a year. You know what, Rossi? Here's your evidence. Go and look at how quickly the All Blacks, Springboks games sell out in Nalsbreit and Joburg, and there you'll have your answer. Absolutely. Without a doubt. We've been to a number of All Blacks games. We've been to two English tours to South Africa, and unfortunately, it just it doesn't measure up. Look, the Six Nations might be the most popular tournament, but the All Blacks, Springboks is the most popular test match. And it would be such a shame to lose that. So, Rossi, right on everything except that, my man. (laughs) And then, interestingly enough, did you see the whole Manitou Alagi teddy bear situation? Well, I don't understand that. Was that a little bit of a, 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 you know, was was Manitou Alagi being, you know, doing something in jest there? Or was he poking fun? Or was he calling Rossi a crybaby? What was exactly happening? Yeah, Rossi doesn't know either. But for those who haven't read the article... At the end of the England game in November, Manu Tuolagi gave a teddy bear to the Springbok management and asked that they get it to Rossi. Rossi's not sure if it was, like uh, Ronnie says, you know, call him a crybaby if it was a gift for his kids. So hopefully we can get some clarity on that from Manu. We have messaged him, maybe he'll respond to us and then we can see what that was all about. But if you think you know what it's about, pop us a comment, let us know and... If you're right, you know, there might be a prize in it for you. <laughs> a teddy bear. <laughs> there we go, a little bulky teddy bear. And then, Ronnie, do you think Rossi will end up coaching England? Oh, he makes comments of that in uh, in that article, part two, as well. Rossi, again, cuck idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly it. Because he said, if the South Africans are going to chastise me for doing so, I won't do it. Don't do he it. He doesn't want people to hate him. And, you know, I feel for the guy because he's actually got a bit of a soft heart. And I agree. Don't go to England, please. Go somewhere else. Go go to take the, the Australians to a World Cup final. Rossi, you can't even say Sir Clive Woodward. Now you want to say God save our gracious queen. <laughs> Come now, man. That's a proper cuck idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not like yeah. No. So, Rossi, stay put. We want you here. Go anywhere else but England. Let's be honest now, for his career, it would be a great move. Like, if I just had to, you know, be impartial there for a moment, it would be a great move for us to go and coach there after Eddie Jones. It would be great for England. England might actually have stand a chance. Yeah, they might, but they don't have the bomb squad. <laughs> and something that I picked up here, which does concern me a little, is that what if this Daily Mail interview was a PR stunt from the RFU, you know? get Rassi more amenable to the English fans before they lure him over there. I didn't think of that, and that'd be pretty smart on you, Daily Mail. 
That would be pretty smart, but we know the English aren't that smart, so I'm probably thinking too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, so I think the whole Rossi situation, there's plenty more to come from that, without a doubt. Rossi's a lack of character. I've always enjoyed his videos. Rossi, we're up for a karaoke duet. Ronnie has really been practicing his Ban Ban Baby dance moves. So, you know, hit us up for a brandy anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Rossi, you're a legend. And then this weekend's rugby, Ronnie, some good stuff coming again, eh? Yeah, look, Six Nations back at it. Uh, look forward to that every week or well, every second week now. Well, when it's on. I feel like this week in Six Nations is only real one real humdinger on. That's the England versus Ireland game. I don't know so much. I think uh, I think the Welsh at home could uh, are going to put up a serious fight. That's true. Um, the Welsh are never out of a contest. Eh? But that's not actually what I was going to get to. The Italy versus Scotland was very important because it is the wooden spoon game. This is true. And Scotland likely to be without Johan van der Merwe after he got a, carded in the uh, Prem game this past weekend. Yeah, that's absolutely. Well, look, let's start off with Wales versus France. What are you thinking? France to take it by at least two scores. By at least two scores. I think Wales are going to put up a, a serious fight back against, backs against the wall. Uh, but, you know, I agree with you. France are going to take it. Italy v Scotland? I think Scotland are just too good to lose that one. I think Italy Italy are going to lose it by Do you think it's points. Scotland is just too good or Italy is just too bad to win that one? Yeah, I think Italy has improved slightly this year, but not enough to threaten anyone else in the Six Nations. Fair enough. So you're back in Scotland for that one. Yeah, definitely. England versus Ireland. So I know you said that this is the real humdinger of the weekend. And uh, what are your thoughts? I think Ireland are going to take it. England desperately needed the services of Manitou Alagi. Uh, I think they're going to miss that against Ireland. But ultimately, I think Ireland's attack is just far too fierce for a very young English side. I think their defense, you know, it's solid, but that chemistry on defense only comes with practice. And I mean, their combinations are four or five test caps together compared to Ireland's team who are playing practically the Leinster side. Yeah, no, Ireland is a very cohesive team at the moment. And like you say, the combinations in England just haven't been there long enough. Look, they are definitely building towards the next World Cup for sure, but the combinations just haven't been there long enough and aren't established well enough. For me to beat to beat Ireland, so I'm going to back Ireland here. Yeah, Ireland definitely, and I think Ireland will take it quite comfortably as well. Oh, that's a that's a bold statement. I don't know that's about comfortably. Bold statement. If I'm wrong, Manu, you have to tell us about the teddy bear situation. Sure, sure. <laughs> and then URC coming to SA. Yeah, so we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You said that they should be preparing to come down south, and uh, they are. So Sharks first Scarlets. Yeah, that's a lack of one. Nice humidity waiting for you guys down in <laughs> Durban there. Yeah, I remember that going from serious winter to serious summer. Yeah, you're likely going to get a 30, 32 degree game down that like side. So I hope you guys are ready 85% humidity. Yeah, let's, let's not kid. That humidity in Durban is really something. Yeah, that bull becomes extra heavy. Bulls versus Munster up here at Loftus. That is going to be a massive game. I have a wedding this weekend, so I can't attend that one, unfortunately. Oh, but that's unfortunate. That, that would have been a lacquer one to go and watch. And interestingly, Damien Dialende is fit now and will be linking Ooh. up with the side ahead of their fixtures against the Bulls. And okay, so he's he's coming home for a bit of a tour of his home country. Yeah, Sharks, set up a meeting with him, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting growing. Let's not be greedy now. And then lastly, oh, not lastly, sorry, Lions versus Cardiff. Ooh. I don't actually know what to say here. 
uh, come on Lions I, I hope you can do it but sure. I would love a South African clean sweep but I think Lions are going to be our weak link please don't trip Lions come on you can do this you're here on the high fault just let them murder the ball let Willem Alberts break some bones and yeah pretty soon Cardiff will be sucking air yeah. it is difficult in the high fault for sure just hold out that first 40 minutes don't make stupid decisions just defend properly and then, you know, hopefully you can get something going in the second half of that one. And then Stormers versus Zebra. Stormers at home versus Zebra. Um, I'm going to back the Stormers here. But, you, you know, it's going to be quite... Because, like we're saying this, Zebra is coming from winter and they're coming to the heat um, down in Cape Town. Well, just all of South Africa. They aren't going to have adjusted in time. There's going to be a massive shock to them. So I'm going to back the Stormers here. Yeah, I think Stormers are just going to have too much firepower there, especially because these uh, URC teams from the north are still without the internationals. I think, yeah, Stormers to take that one pretty easily, hey? Some serious matchups coming up this weekend from the Six Nations in the URC, you know, so it's going to be a good weekend for rugby. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot to watch on TV, so looking forward to that. And then, Ronnie, your two cents. You know, you've had a couple of rants this evening already, or excuse me, rants. What's something wrong with saying rants? See, there's another rant. So I hope you've got something joyful for us tonight. You know, it. I know two podcasts ago I said I would tell a joke. You know, so I'm not going to do that tonight. Uh, here we go, guys. Buckle up. No, and I don't want this podcast ever to become political, but I am going to say something here. <clears throat> I think it's a damn shame that that the Russian rugby team has now been excluded from all, all sports. I can understand putting you know, banning all sports teams from going elsewhere and whatnot. But don't you think it would be a a hell of a statement for the Russians to play alongside their Ukrainian brothers and shake hands after the game and actually show bloody some people uh, in their (laughs) bloody countries that... that, uh, Sort of putting them in their place. Putting them in their place. (laughs) I think it's a damn shame because the Russians have done incredibly well over the last couple of years to develop their game. Uh, they've done. They've got the likes of Dick Muir in, and, and you know they they they're led by two South African coaches. And in fact, when when Russia invaded Ukraine, the two teams were actually sharing a rugby field in Turkey, Ukraine and Russia. And they were they were they were friendly with one another. They they trained together. And now suddenly we've we've come to a decision and said sorry, you guys can't play, and that's going to set them back a lot. And I think we're punishing the wrong people. We should not be punishing these. Uh, these rugby players that are pl- playing incredibly hard and training incredibly hard uh, to develop their game and their skills uh, and be somewhere. So it's it's just it's it's a loss for rugby, I think. Um, and I thought uh, the statement would have been far greater had we played Russia and Russia had uh, approached the Ukraine, you know, rugby team, shook hands and showed some mutual respect because that really is what rugby is all about. Yeah, I think it's a volatile situation that side, and our thoughts go out to all involved over there. But yeah, sport, you know, sport sends a message, and are we sending the right message, I guess, eh, Ronnie? Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. We don't want to become political, and it'll probably be the last political thing we ever say on this podcast. I don't know, guys. Ronnie rants a lot, so... Oh, so you're saying um, rant now, too? Yeah, the Ronnie rant. The Ronnie rant! <laughs> I like Maybe that. we'll have to rename this segment if we're not careful. But Ronnie, as you saw, I'm sure uh, you got Brad Barrett right. I'm really not enjoying the fact that you're getting these. I'm starting to be a little concerned that they're too easy for you. What can I say? Just number of people got this one way quicker than I thought. And I actually thought it was quite a challenging one. Yeah, you did try and uh, 
you know, throw head, head red herrings in there um, for sure. I know you tried to deceive us a little bit, but uh, when you added things like the Premiership titles, you know, that kind of gave it away. So we're going to do another Name the Player for new listeners. This is where I ask Ronnie some stats. Uh, he has to name the player. There'll be some clues posted over our social media with the answer being posted on Saturday. Please get involved. Get in the comments. Let us know who you think it is. And honestly, I'm sure that 99.9% of you are smarter than Ronnie. So if he can get it, you can get it. So Ronnie, are you ready for this round? Yes. <laughs> All right. So the player that you have to name this week, captained his own country from 2003 to 2012. He's one of the top five most capped players of all time. He won 83 caps as captain, scoring 46 tries along the way. He's the highest try scorer of all time in his country, and he's the highest scorer of his position of all time, ranking eighth overall. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. What are your questions? Okay, so just to clarify, I get three questions, and after asking my three questions, the fourth is my guess. Well, yes, Ronnie, the fourth wouldn't be a question, it would be a guess, yes. Okay, okay, so I can literally ask you if it's a play, and you can say yes or no, I can ask you another play, and you can say yes or no, and okay. Uh, is he, is he a backline player? Yes. Is he a British and Irish lion? Yes. Is he Irish? Yes. Is it Brian O'Driscoll? I don't know, Ronnie, we're going to have to wait for Saturday and see... I already know it's Brian O'Driscoll. I'm just that smart. Guys, go look at where he ranks on uh, Superbrew. He is 247th out of 504, just cracking the top 50% there. I wouldn't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. But yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Please hit those comment sections. Let Smash us know that like thinking. button. Smash that like button, as Ronnie would like to say, or we might have to hear him rant about that. But yeah, check you next week. Have a lacquer one, some good rugby on. 